The world is going through changes. Changes happening at a speed that we have never seen before. This is leading to disruption, chaos, panic, fear, hysteria, and a turbulent economy and marketplace. How do you protect your wealth in a turbulent world? How do you invest for cash flow and alternative assets to escape the rat race in times of uncertainty? How do you decentralize yourself, your family, your community, your business, and your investments to become sovereign and escape the matrix? If you are looking for strategies, tactics, and techniques to escape the rat race and matrix, you are in the right place. My name is MC Lobsher, and this is Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. I'm MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and spending the most valuable resource, your time once again with me. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com. We've got three shows, Cashflow Ninja, Cashflow Investing Secrets, and Reset Investing Secrets that you can listen to, all at CashflowNinja.com. You can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, the Best Cashflow Niches newsletter, in which we share one brand new, well-researched cashflow niche every single month with our subscribers and you can join a mastermind a community that is like-minded it's business owners and investors that's looking to protect and build wealth during turbulent times that mastermind is called cash learn of on and you can also join at cashflowninja.com i've got a fantastic show for you today i'm joined by michael matthew michael matthew's been on the show several times um, you can check out Paul's shows too at cashflowninja.com. Uh, he's talked about uh, single family real estate. He's talked about short-term rental properties. He's very, very active in the high end, the luxury end of um, the short-term rental uh, real estate market. Uh, and he's got, just got a wealth of knowledge uh, what to do during different times in the market cycle. So I can't wait to uh, start my conversation with him. Michael, great to see you. Great to see you, MC. How are you, brother? Doing fantastic. I've been looking forward to our conversation. And we've had several great conversations over now a couple of years here on uh, Cashflow Ninja. So for new listeners uh, and viewers, definitely go to CashflowNinja.com, type in Michael Matthey. And you'll uh, see all the many things that 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 we have uh, we've discussed, right? Uh, a lot in single family real estate, a lot in short term uh, rentals. Uh, there's a lot of great, great insights and information in in those conversations. For folks that um, are not familiar, what you do and um, who you are, can you please share a little bit of your background and your journey, and tell us what you're up to these days? Yeah, hundred percent. I always appreciate being on here. Your your podcast, your channel, everything is, uh, and, I, and I talk to a lot of your folks because um, we do some cross pollination. But it's your, your folks are just cream of the crop. They're very knowledgeable. They want to learn. They want to be sponges. And in our world, that's that's all we can ask for, right? It's you know trying to help people get out of their own way or turn them on to things, give them access to you know, information they, they might not otherwise have access to, uh, even including deals, you know, abilities to make money. So um, I've been a lifelong entre entrepreneur. Um, I've been on the channel here a handful of times talking about mostly real estate is going to be my background, but I built, built multiple businesses. Um, and I always joke, I was, I, I had to become an entrepreneur because I, I didn't think I could hold a job, you know? So I don't think that I was going to be employable. Yep. <laughs> so ultimately it was like, what am I going to do? So for me, it's always been about recognizing uh, a demand for something and, and then filling it with whatever that supply is, you know, goods and services, real estate obviously is one that uh, comes to everyone's mind because that's where just generational wealth is created from. So um, have started um, multiple real estate companies, have a, um, a franchised company that is in uh, 40 states at this point and about 170 participants in that. So that's been really, <clears throat> excuse me, fun to help people grow from ground up with their real estate. Um, you and I have talked on here about the STR space. Uh, we were 
extremely bullish on that at one point. I, I think that we have probably shifted gears on that a, a little bit. I uh, would love to talk to, uh, to you about that as well. But uh, what I love to do is come on podcasts and, and videos like this and, and just talk to people about my experiences as, as an entrepreneur and uh, particularly in the real estate space. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think like a good place to start because I'm like, I'm having Michael Matthew on work. Like I'd love to pick his brain on so many different things. Uh, but I, where do I start? I think a good place would be single family real estate right now. And I know every market is different and every sub market is different. I mean, the United States is an enormous country. Um, what are you seeing single in the single family market in the markets that you're operating in and that you also have uh, some of the franchises in your real estate franchise company in? Yeah. So, I mean, to your point there, every every market is going to be specific. So people that are looking at a, just a such a wide scope of real estate and they're pigeonholed as real estate in general, frankly, they don't know what they're doing. You know, so what I try and do and I know, I know what smart investors are trying to do right now is identify areas where there's really, really high supply and very, very low demand in real estate. You know, there are a handful of markets come to mind for me and these are ones I'm operating in. I mean, currently. So uh, I, I love your phrase and, and I share it as well. And I, I stole it from you on our, on our VIP channel. Um, I eat my own cooking. So do you, you know, and I, and I love that because putting your money where your mouth is, anyone can be a talking head on YouTube. Anybody can, you know, but when you're actually in the trenches, you're on the front lines, you're doing the deals, you're working with GCs, you're looking at market data, you're, you're, analyzing the data, not just staring at whatever, you know, multimedia is going to try and jam down your throat right now. That's typically not going to be the reality. So identifying markets like in Nashville, Tennessee, you know, Nashville, Tennessee is a booming market. It's the Austin of many, many years ago. I think that's a phenomenal market right now. Anything that is, in my opinion, going to be Midwest, South and Southeast are going to be your best bets. There's been a lot of drop off on values on the West Coast right now. So I'm really staying away from those. Um, aside from some Southern California plays, Orange County, I think has some meat on the bone there still. But um, that that quadrant is, is, is really what we've identified. Yeah, it's interesting. We've covered the migration happening, the great mm-hmm. migration in, in the U.S., and it doesn't seem to be slowing yeah. down. And uh, it seems like in some pockets, it's it's accelerating. I just saw an interesting t- statistic. I think in the past uh, months, couple of months, I think it was like two or three months, there's actually more people leaving Illinois and Chicago than like California and New York and, and uh, parts of New Jersey. So, I mean, and obviously there's a lot of variables that that's contributing to that uh, tax environment, regulatory environment, the ease of doing wow. business, right? Yeah, crime. I mean, uh, which is, I mean, Chicago is, it's its very sad for me personally to see that having lived there for almost a decade, you know, back in the day, what a, what an incredible city. So it's, it's just very, very sad to see that, but there's a lot of those kind of factors contributing. So the, the this migration doesn't seem to be slowing down and it's picking up in areas that you, you know, you, you kind of already see it from, but it's accelerating. Like I said, in Chicago. Yeah. I don't know how you can down at this point and, and particularly if we're talking you know real estate so we we touched on and we've talked on here before about the str space i mean a lot of those big blue cities if you will are almost eliminating them they're trying to crush that business and you know there's some outlying variables to that you know as well but that is going to destroy anyone that's trying to or has gotten into strs there so what are they going to do now are they going to convert those to a to a long-term rental you know, are they going to sell? Are they going to sell right now when, you know, obviously uh, mortgage rates are really high still. So people aren't trying to sell. People aren't trying to pick up that mortgage rate. So to your point, this is really an interesting point. Uh, I mean, in history period, but particularly in the real estate world. I want to take a moment to share something very important right now. Are you trying to figure out how to protect your savings from the banking collapse, which has already started, and the coming financial crisis. Most banks will fail. Deposits that are not insured by the FDIC will be lost, and there will be bank bail-ins. And this collapse in the banking system will lead to chaos in the financial system. 
banks also provide loans to real estate investors. So what do you think is going to happen to lending in the event of a banking and a financial crisis? You can be proactive and position your savings to protect it and also have access to it to use it to buy discounted assets by positioning it in your own banking system through the infinite banking concept strategy. Producers Wealth has put together a presentation at yourownbankingsystem.com where you will learn how to position capital outside of the banking system and the Wall, Wall Street casino, just like the ultra-wealthy, to protect it and create a pool of tax-free liquid capital to capitalize on the massive opportunity to buy discounted assets, which is coming. You can access the presentation at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. We've covered short-term rental uh, rentals, right? And, and maybe um, this would be a great great way to segue into that because uh, what an incredible uh, space that has been for a while, right? Like uh, what we saw in the medical events of March 2020, it changed kind of the landscape. Instead of traveling to the Caribbean, traveling to Europe, which is a short flight for Americans, a lot of people stra started traveling more locally, right? And they would travel to water, whether it be ocean, you know, beach or lake or mountains. Um, and people would go on these local vacations, two to three hours away, you know, drive. And all of a sudden, yeah. in the short-term rental industry, just absolutely exploded. Um, and we, I remember us having discussion on that. Then it kind, kind of like pivoted and turned, right? Where you had still at the high end, the luxury end, doing very, mm -hmm. very well. But the rest of the short-term rental market taking quite a quite a hit because so many people started coming into it, like like what happens with every market cycle, right? Um, it, it does pretty well now. All of a sudden, everybody's coming in. The competition is 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 so much uh, tougher. People that weren't very strategic of who they're trying to serve at what price point in what market. If they just bought a property to SDR it you're in trouble. You know, you just don't buy something and throw it on Airbnb or VRBO and call it a day. So we saw that crushed. And I remember covering that article. I believe it was um, in either the New York times or the wall street journal that we re actually reviewed oh. it of is, is the bubble popping. What do you see what's going on there now uh, in the, the short-term rental market? Yeah. So, I mean, super astute points that you're making on that. So what happened was, and, and rightfully so when, I mean, the pandemic changed travel forever. You know, we can talk about the pandemic being over. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Um, it doesn't matter. Travel mindset has changed right now. So that definitely changed the industry back then. I don't know that it's ever going to go back to exclusively hotels. In fact, you look at hotels right now. They're, in fact, in the short-term rental game. You know, you get the Marriott's of the world. They're, you know, throwing their hat in the ring there. Um, the, I think the mistake that a lot of investors made was they counted on that ADR, that average daily rate, and they they counted on that occupancy long-term. So to your point, if they went out and bought a house specifically because of that trend, they're probably in trouble right now, unless they're in an area of high tourism, high destination, you know, we can kind of get into some of those more favorable markets. But if, if they weren't in one of those areas and they bought that house, you know, for call it whatever it was, and they had debt service on it, or they paid cash and they tied up that capital, and now their their revenues are cut in half. That was the problem. Is there was so much hype around that, and you just thought it was kind of the wild west. People were going out and buying them everywhere, and thought that it was going to you know be infinite. And that obviously, as we know, is not the reality. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and we we talked about this on the show before. It's funny how these things are coming to me now. We talked about how important it is the state and the city where you would purchase a short-term rental property. And I mean, mm. you're looking at the regulations being rolled out now. New York, obviously, right at the top, making moves, completely crushing uh, the short-term right. rental business. Uh, and it looks like there's other states. That, they've done similar stuff, right? So I know folks that had um, actually family of mine have short-term rentals in, in San Diego, and they basically had to go into this lottery system 
to um because there was only a certain amount of them allowed in certain areas of San Diego. So there's you had all these different uh states and cities uh changing uh the uh the regular regulatory environment which then completely like uh, impacts investors so it's i mean yeah. you got, you absolutely nailed na- nailed it how how dangerous uh i mean that's one of your biggest threats right if you're an investor in that space so what you want to definitely do if you're still interested in the str space is absolutely you want to be in a place that's heavily regulated you know so you don't want to go into an area where uh, there's any you know, question marks about it. it happened in Lake Tahoe. This is many years ago. But what happened there was it was a booming market. People were going out buying anyone that's been to Lake Tahoe. It's multi-million dollar houses. These are not cheap investment properties out there. Yeah. And literally, people, the, the, the residents that had been there forever, they started complaining to like the local unions, uh, you know, going to, you know, committee meetings, all these things. It was wild, wild, wild. And then 30, 30 months later, or I'm sorry, three months later, you had to stay there a minimum of 30 days. So that crushes. I mean, who's on, who's going on vacation to a house for 30 days? So I would always say, be careful of regulations. You know, saying it's not regulated is a bad thing. You want yep. permitting regulation already set in stone and it's still kind of flipping, you know? So you know, we talked often about, you know, being super, super bullish on, I'm, I'm, I'm bears on STR right now. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, to just to stand this regulatory stuff, uh, I was down in, in Florida and I love to just grab, you know, these free kind of like giveaway newspapers. I mean, it was, ba- it's basically, you look at it almost, it's for realtors to advertise, right? It's kind of like the local right. magazines, local paper, um, and I always grab them, you know, at like a Seven Eleven or somewhere. If I'm, yeah, if if I if I'm in a market, and and, and it's interesting to read in there because there's a lot of local discussion amongst like people that actually live in that town, and um and this yeah. was down in Florida, and the one of the discussions, and I was saying to my wife, wow, this is incredible because one of the discussions was about exactly the short term rental spot of how the locals, and this is a beach town started to complain that there's too many SDRs and now local people are saying, Hey, we want z- kind of like zoning is what they're asking the city to do or the town where you, you know, in certain areas of the town, uh, the shortest rental t- time period would be like 30 days or something. So I'm like, even in this beach town, which is like, I mean, it's a gold mine for SDRs and investors would have done very well there. Um, you've got regulatory stuff. So you've got to be very, very careful. Um, and we saw it was a big threat. So regulations is a big threat. Then obviously the market has changed, right? So interest rates have gone yeah. up significantly. Um, and if a lot of people bought properties and they didn't lock in fixed rate, um, they're in trouble. Those A lot of those folks have already been uh, uh, like, they're, 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 they're they're losing their properties already. The second part of it is you locked it in at a 30-year fixed rate, but now you're not renting it out. And to carry mm-hmm. that property becomes more and more expensive, as we've seen all the PNC insurance going up, property and casualty insurance by between 25 and 30% nationally. And you got all these other costs that you're still carrying. So it's almost like, you know, it, it's a slow bleed that's now. You know, throughout the entire market, we still at the very flourishing high end. I mean, it's just it, it seems like it's a bleed across the across the entire sector, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. So there are a couple couple points you made there. So as far as the title on the STR, if anyone's interested in that space, go to go to places that are zone specific for it. There's only a handful of them. Uh, Disney, uh, Disney would be one. Um, they've made some, I think, mistakes on on the tourism side recently that probably have not done them any favors. Um, I don't have a dog in that fight. I'm talking about business, not anything po- uh, political. Um, yep. Definitely, if it's already zoned for, there are purpose-built neighborhoods and cities across the country that are zoned. There's no school buses. There's no mail delivery. Look for those if you're dying to get into the STR space. Um, to your other point, the climate right now is kind of wild. So it's like interest rates are high, obviously. So uh, sellers aren't trying to get out of a you know a locked-in sweet deal that they you know put together 20 years ago, obviously, and and, and go out there 
Aaron raised their mortgage by, you know, 3x. So they're holding on inventory as an investor, really off market's critical, you know, so finding off market deals um, is what me and my team are, are often looking for. I want to take a moment to recognize one of our sponsors, Penumbra Solutions. Life settlements investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. If you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at CashflowNinja.com forward slash life settlements. That's CashflowNinja.com forward slash life settlements. The password to access that webinar is Penumbra, all lowercase. Yeah, so short-term rentals right now, it seems that across the market, it's it's not a buy right right now. And are there still deals? Yes. I mean, you know, when you when when I make a blanket statement like that, my my listeners and my my viewers know already right now. Can you find a deal right now? Absolutely. But in, if you have to generalize it for the most part because of the environment, there's you know, it's probably not not a buy. Um, I, I would say probably not. The only the only alternative is the high end space, you know. So in, in real estate, uh, m- myself and my team, we operate in kind of a luxury space by design that eliminates a lot of financing issues. That eliminates a lot of you know folks that are concerned with necessarily a mortgage rate. If you're trying to buy a five million dollar uh, five million dollar house, you you might be buying it for cash. Um, so. I wouldn't say as a blanket statement, stay out of STR. I would just say my recommendation would be, you know, focusing on that higher end. Yeah, and, that, and that's people. another great point that you and I had discussed that you shared all of your businesses. You know exactly who you're serving. You know what, at where at the market you're operating in. And I think this is another great business lesson for folks. And if you're a business owner, you probably know this, but we've got a lot of, a lot of young listeners um, listening to us. So if, you have, if you've heard this before, I think it's a good reminder. If you haven't heard this before, I think this is very powerful. There, there's like three different tiers, right? So you have, you know, to simplify, you've got Nordstrom buyers, you've got Target buyers, and you've got Walmart buyers. They all will sell shirts, let's just say. They all sell shirts and they all make money selling shirts, but they all sell to a very, very different customer or client. Um, Very different people buy shirts from all three of those different stores. They have different needs. They have different expectations. They have different price points. They have a different economic standing. So there's all these different things. So it's very important to understand when you using sticking with my example, selling shirts, that you know who's going to buy who you're trying to serve and and, and sell that shirt to. Who's going to buy that shirt from you? So bringing it back to the real estate and the other business that you're in, you're always operating in the upper end, right? The high net worth boutique kind of space. Um, you know, so you know exactly what the expectations are, what the level of service is, and what the desired outcome are, and also what the challenges and problems of those buyers are or or sellers are, right? Yeah, 100%. So I cut my teeth in, in the war zones, and I'll, I'll steal that from a partner of mine named Scott Ulmer um, that was one of my mentors, and, and and we did, you know, dealing in low on housing. And all due respect to those folks, you know, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon, you know, so um, I'm never going to discount what those folks are going through, but they are much more challenging to work with on an investment level than someone that's got great credit and someone that, you know, is not worried about mortgage rates and things of that nature. So as I've evolved through my career, I just at at some point just made a choice that I was not going to deal with that again. And um, I don't know if that comes off the right way, but I I, I hope it does. But as you evolve in business, I realized that my best customer and actually the least challenging customer was going to be the one that had the most money. 
So why not go after them? Why not target them? Why not, you know, provide a service for them, fill a gap for, for, for that demographic. So that's the choice we made years ago and uh, yes, sticking with it. Yeah. And the thing is for, for folks listening to in this new economy, and I've shared this before that you, you basically, and I jokingly said, it's going to look like the hunger games, the economy as this is evolving and it doesn't happen fast. It's a slow bleed. Things happen slowly. It's not like the, you know, the explosive shocking marketing pieces that you see on TV and in movies and, in, you know, even like the alternative media. Um, it happens slowly over time, but the economy has gone from, you know, especially in, in, in the first world in the United States and even Europe where you had, I mean, you're in the United States and I would even say Canada, you had a thriving middle class, especially in the States. That would, That's what differentiated the United States from any other country on the, on the planet. But what you're, what you're starting to see is it's being hollowed out, right? It, it, it is what it is. You just, you, you look at it and you comment on what you're seeing. It's being hollowed out. And you're going to have two different sides of it, just like in the Hunger Games, the folks at the Capitol, and you're going to have the folks in the, what is it, the districts or the colonies or the districts. Um, but anyway, there's 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 opportunities in each part of those markets. You just have to figure out where you're going to play and where you're going to, um, you know, where, where you're going to build your business in, to, in, in what space to solve problems and create desired outcomes. No, 1000%. One of the things I always love about our conversations is, is uh, you and I can talk about the global economy and global anything. And uh, obviously, I'm from the United States still live here. And you've got more global activity than I do coming from South Africa. But um, you're just so dialed into that. And there's all these trends that people just don't pay attention to, or they do the ostrich, they bury their head in the sands, for example. So you know, to your point, it's all about, you know, I think at this point, recognizing what the heck is going on here right now. The, the Hunger Games, you and I joke offline about that, but that's the reality. It's literally whether or not there's going to be massive government. This is my opinion. And God willing, this does not happen. Um, massive government that puts us back into George Orwell's 1984. I mean, that's literally where we're trending right now, where everyone is asleep <laughs> that might be an extreme scenario but i know you're a doomsdayer also but that's what we're going through yeah i think i think like there's opportunity in every scenario and obviously uh having lived through my experience in south africa and, and still seeing what's going on there there's opportunity as things unfold and that's kind of the other thing that i down to speak to you about you do different things at different parts of the market cycle Right. And and this is the another great lesson we can learn uh, from great investors and from great business owners. You cannot do the same thing throughout just doing the same thing over and over and over. Uh, market changes, the, envi the environment around us change and you, you know, you do different things. So, for example, um, during 2008 and 2009, the community that I was a part of at that stage, like I would say almost like 2007-ish, the number one thing was capital preservation for those folks. And the conversation was like, listen, this was a good run. Like we had the dot-com crash. Uh, it wiped out a whole bunch of people. We had a ton of liquidity into real estate. Everybody was doing really, really well. And a lot of people were exiting deals. But right now, and I still remember, like people were talking for the next three to four years, it's just holding on. It's protecting, and you could still do some deals. Um, and you know, we'll we'll talk about one of the strategies, which involves like lending and private lending. Uh, you could still do certain deals at that stage, but your number one priority is wealth preservation, capital preservation. So that in the downturn, which it's just part of the cycle, it's like day and night, the four seasons, you know, you're not a doomsdayer in summer. If you say that there's a winter coming by the end of the year, that's, it just, you know, it just comes. So winter's going to come, right? Fall's going to come and winter's going to come. And you're not an over, you're not an on hopium or an optimist. If you say in the middle of winter, you know, if we could stick through this, the summer's coming in a couple of months, right? It just is. So um, I still remember then um, the, like, 
And I mean, that's kind of how it played out. You had like 2008, 2009. Then you had like, I think 2011, and 2011, 2012 was kind of the bottom. And then people, and, and then the strategy changed. It went from capital preservation to now, let's go. This is yield chasing time, baby. This is cash flow. And cash flow is king. And let's throw as many darts as a, and as many boards that we can. Just uh, uh, some comments on, on what I just shared about like different doing different things during the market cycle. No, 100%. And, and I remember the time, well, I was in the game back then and it was the Wild West. Um, and to your point, the people that did those things uh, made a lot of money. I mean, period, which should have happened again. It's on average about every 10 years, the, the, yep. the real estate market, correct. It's historical. Um, it, it, it did not correct fast enough because of the pandem pandemic. It propped the market back up. And, and this is like an unreal time, but so is 0708, right? So anyone that was looking at data then, watching supply versus demand, watching foreclosure rates, you know, things of that nature are going to make a lot of money right now. Those that want to sit on the sidelines, they want to, you know, wait to see what happens. They could maybe do okay, you know, but if you want to truly take investing seriously, you need to get out in front of it. And that's always what you talk about on here. Yeah. So to and and to the to to bring the 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 example back now. So from like you said, so from 2012 to 2020, I would even say like through this this whole like 2021 to 2022, really when we had that interest rate spike, that was like what end of 2020, uh, 2022. So you had like a 10-year run, great run. What an unbelievable yeah. run for real estate. So um, right now, I mean, the the like how, how I look at it, and I'll you know, and we've we've talked before. You look at it and go, okay, now this is cycles. There's things that you can do now to do really well, and we'll get into what you're up to these days. It's it's pretty cool stuff, but um, you can you're going to have to do different things now that you did in 2012. So right now the conversation switches again to it's time for wealth preservation, capital preservation. You could still do some things short term for quick turn and for great cash flow, but your overall strategy if you have to look at it is it's a more defensive approach than a massive all out attack which you could switch to you know, three years from now, we know nobody knows the timeline, but like three to four years from now, it could, the market could turn, there could have been a severe downturn and now you're ready to go, um, to, to scoop up deals. So, um, let's talk about one of the strategies and I'm, and I, and I teased her, uh, I teased a little bit here is kind of like private lending. So, um, that was one of the things, um, uh, not to get to completely give it away that, that you're up to these days. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing these days, the strategy, what, like, again, we know you're in the luxury, both like upper, upper echelon of the market. That's what you're, where you operate in. But uh, tell me, tell me what you're up to these days. Yeah. So, I mean, to that exact point. So as an investor, as a professional investor, you have to be able to pivot and regardless of what asset class you're in. Um, I'm not a stock a stock market guy, you know, so I'm not, not dumping anything into any of that right now. I'm a real estate guy. So I like collateralized assets and, and I like dealing with high margins. So going after the luxury space allows me to deal with the demographic of buyer and seller that is typically, well, let's call it what it is, a little bit more well-heeled, a little bit easier to deal with. Uh, we don't need to beat around the bush with it. So you know, what we've done is, uh, you know, over the last about 18 months is, um, you know, and some of you may have seen us on our uh, YouTube channel, VIP Financial Education, which is how, how we met many years ago through a yep. dear friend of both of ours, Matthew, and we'll definitely give him a quick shout out here, but uh, just genius level intelligence on, on many things. So um, always appreciate him and uh, yep. definitely want to mention him. So what we've done is we brought in uh, basically a group of private money lenders to to almost crowdfund. It's, it's basically a short-term syndication or fractional investing in luxury homes across the country and areas that have really, really high demand and low supply. So you and I have talked often about the migration of, of folks from, uh, you know, uh, Chicago, New York, 
um, you know, California, those folks are moving to kind of middle Americana if they can, if they've got that, you know, kind of financial flexibility, they don't have a professional job that tied them down there, or maybe they're shifting locations and they're taking another position. But those are areas I'm identifying. So what we're trying to do always is identify what the problem is. So if you're moving from California or you're moving from New York or one of those areas and you're shopping for a high-end home, what you don't want to do is buy it and then wait eight months to renovate it, right? Yep. So what they want is a finished product. So what we've done is put together basically a, a network of investors where people are able to participate in these uh, absolutely passively. It's 100% passive. They're getting guaranteed rate of first position returns, um, typically between about 20 and 40%. And those are typically six months or less. So obviously you can double those to, to get your annualized uh, on that. And everything's collateralized by the real estate signed with a promissory note and a single member LLC that they're a part of. So to summarize, this is a single family properties, high end. So expensive properties, right? Million, million bucks and up. Um, and these are properties that you guys find off market, uh, in mm -hmm. areas with very, very high demand, low supply that, that you then buy the property that's closed on. And then the property needs to be renovated. And that's where the lending gets done, the private lending for that renovation. And then obviously as a, as collateral, the, the, the lending that you're doing is, has this this a million dollar plus property, this very high high-end property as collateral, right? For the lending. Yeah. And then you're doing it, you're holding on to, I mean, the 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 money is tied up for about six months at a time, right? Um, and then it's yeah, it's not long term. It's not like 12, 18, 24 months. So I, I want to share this with our our uh, audience here. The key that and this is why. It's different uh, uh, strategies, tools, uh, well, tactics and tools, right? For this type of the market, it's not now is not the time where you want to like buy and hold, right? And just hang on to it. It's like you actually want to move quickly and turn around your capital quickly. I don't want to try and forecast the market 12 to 18 months out right now. I can yeah. probably take a good look at the real estate market and gun to my head, I can probably project about eight months out. Right, but, you know, above and beyond that, it's it's going to be more speculative. I don't get into a ton of speculative investing at this point. Yeah, um, sure things, you know. So I want to know that I can get into a house at a certain rate. All the rehab is done. These are top, like top end, no expenses spared. So these are the top of the market price per square foot houses in these luxury neighborhoods, and. It allows folks that otherwise would not have those type of rates of returns to get involved with it. So it's 100% passive. That's the most unique thing. And that was what we really, you know, kind of out of the gate. It's like, what can we strive to do to, to help folks that, you know, they don't want to go out and do a rehab and swing the hammer. I mean, you can make really good returns doing that, but you know, what's an easier way to allow, you know, those same folks to, you know, participate in deals without having to do that. And it's that mailbox money, which, yeah. you know, right now it's for everyone. Yeah. I think if you look at the, if you look at the four areas that you, that the, like a filter, you're a filter that I shared with our audience to cash flow, tax advantages, appreciation and leverage, right? There's certain times during the market cycle where you'd like all those boxes checked. And then there's certain times where you get one or two of those uh, and you get them quickly. So for example, on this great cash flow, there's no tax benefits in it because there's no physical property to depreciate and equipment and all that kind of stuff. Uh, cost segregation for the multifamily folks and the commercial real estate uh, people out there. Um, there's also not a property that's appreciating that you're then you know, selling at a, at a, uh, well, making a lot of money on the sell, but there's leverage. So there's great cash flow and there's leverage. So you're leveraging the skills, capabilities, and networks and capital of others in, in, in that play. So that's pretty cool. And, and again, uh, I want to drive this home and we, we just share this as educational stuff too. So we're just sharing like the big lesson here is, Great professional investors do different things during different times, 
of the market cycle. They're still active and they're engaged throughout the market cycle, but they do different things. So a lot of the pros right now are not diving in headfirst, closing their eyes, buying and holding of because they're looking at the environment of what they're seeing. They are putting their money into deals where it's very short term, six months, about six months, and they're turning their money that way, right? That's the whole point is how many, you know, if I'm looking at $1 in my wallet, how many times can I turn that over in a year? If I can turn it over twice on a real estate deal, to, to me, that's a grand slam. You know, yep. and if I can get rid you know, around what we're doing right now, that's an absolute grand slam. It's just most people don't know how to take, take to those deals, which is, you know, what we're bringing to the table and, you know, what we're, we're talking about right now. But I think overall, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in, in luxury flips. So, you know, if any of your audience, uh, you know, have they are GCs, you know, or they can go out there and get these projects, they can finance them themselves. They can find typically off-market deals and areas. So what we've got access to is a national network of, of high-end brokers that, that are feeding deals. Yep. So, you know, I'm not saying MLS every morning when I wake up. So, you know, so it's a, a system, you know, at this point for us, but there's money out there. If there's meat on the bone and they've got the ability to effectively the formula is if they can buy the house, add on on the luxury space about a hundred thousand dollars per square per one thousand square feet so there it's, it's not light on the on the rehab at all i mean that's everything high end this is our model and then get an arv the after repair value that i can buy between 65 and 70 percent of that that's a deal i want to acknowledge one of our sponsors are you ready to ride the wave of success in the booming car wash industry? Tommy's Express Car Wash is the cutting edge brand that is revolutionizing the way we clean vehicles. Demand for top-notch, state-of-the-art tunnel car wash is skyrocketing. Institutions are diving in head first and the real asset investor is already a step ahead. They have a world-class operations team and they're building a portfolio of Tommy's Express car washes that's on track to become one of the largest privately owned car wash portfolios in the United States. The margins on a stabilized Tommy's Express car wash are incredible, and accredited investors have the chance to join them on their adventure. Dave Zook, the founder and CEO of The Real Asset Investor and his team, are thrilled to share opportunities like Tommy's Car Wash with accredited investors that boost your cash flow, unlocks massive tax benefits, and get you set up for a lucrative exit just a few years from now. To learn more about the opportunities offered by the real asset investor, you can reach out to them at info at therealassetinvestor.com. That's info at therealassetinvestor.com. I wanted wanted to make another point here is um you're also and just reiterate this because it's so important because I just I just know that sometimes people get excited and they run out and do things. You're this is the high end that you're doing this because there's still a lot of liquidity. You know, like one percent of real estate changed hands in the United States this year. This is how crazy it is. Um, so one percent of real estate changed hand, and most of it, by the way, is in the high higher end bracket. And a lot of it, by the way, the properties that are still moving and selling, because um, I've watched a, a number of markets now, it's cash buyers. These are not mortgage. These are not folks going to a mortgage, uh, to a bank for a mortgage and going through all of this. And and this is happening on the high end, the ultra high net worth. Of uh, kind of level. So if you are a newbie and you think, oh, well, the lesson here is I should just run out and I should do private lending for rehabs. That's what that's what people are doing now. You could get absolutely crushed in the like in the middle on this. If you just go out, for example, and get a house which would be sold to a working family. Well, there's a ton of layoffs happening right now and more coming, by the way, towards the end of the year. 
So you, there might be a property bought, renovated, and all that stuff, and it's not it's not moving because people at what is it the mortgage rates? I haven't even checked today, but let's just say it's over seven percent, seven and you know a quarter or whatever. I think. The last time I check, I don't know if it's less or more, but even let's just say it's 7%, they got to get a mortgage, they got to get down payment, you got all this stuff. So there's a lot of variables for that to go south on you. So I just wanted to highlight that again, that, you know, um, you're sharing what you're doing, you're doing here, which is great because not a lot of people, people pull away the curtain, but I would want to make sure that people understand this is, you're operating in a niche where there's still a lot of liquidity um, and there's a lot of demand. So a lot of variables in the economy that are hitting most folks and most households aren't necessarily hitting that niche which you're operating in right now. No, it's it's a way different model. I mean, not a not that we aren't experiencing inventory issues. I mean, it's across the board. Inventory issues are out there if you're trying to be, you know, a professional real estate investor. I mean, period. You know, yeah. but at that high. End, you know, the deals have so much meat on the bone. It's not, we have to do, you know, a thousand houses a year also, you know, to make it very lucrative. Another thing that I'm also curious about, um, wealthy and successful people are always studying and learning. And I know that you are always studying and learning. What are you studying these days or what are you learning? You, you know what? It's so interesting they ask that. And this is definitely um, off the cuff, but uh, I went uh, rich dad, poor dad, and cash flow quadrant again, which were my original two first business books way back in the day. Um, so those are actually on my list right now. I'm reading through uh, both of them at this point and just kind of refresher. I haven't read either one in like 20 years. The interesting thing about Kiyosaki was um, a lot of his, his predictions came true. So what I didn't know was in the rich dad, poor dad, he has a forward in it that talks about what he had talked about way before all those things happened. So um, those two have been within within the last week. It's you know what's funny, I uh, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad every single year. I read it once a year, and people like well, you read that seriously, and I'm like, yes. It's not in the end, you know, I know there's a lot of people that talk about how many books they read and that kind of stuff, and I'm like, you find a handful of books. Just keep reading them because um, you it's incredible how your mindset changes and you read it with a different perspective each time. And then every single year, I find that I pick up something new from reading the same book that I've read. I know he published it around 1997. I read it the first time around 2001, 2002. But for like over 20 years, I've just reread that book. And I'll share a I'll share an insight here quick. Um, people know I talk a lot about infinite banking. I talk about becoming your own banker. I actually got that from rereading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where I had this huge light bulb moment where um I was looking at this stuff and going and saying, well, all these liabilities are someone else's asset. And I will go through the financial and he simplifies it really, really well in that in that book. But it turns out it's a bank. And I'm like, well, that you need to be the bank. You need to figure out how to become your own banker. <laughs> and that made me dive into that and go come across Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, and so forth. But it's funny that with a different like lens that you that you reread certain things, um, it gives you like a completely different perspective and gives you different ideas, right? Oh, a thousand percent, because I mean, when I read that uh, right around the same time you did, I was in my, you know, early 20s and um, it super impacted me. I mean, it literally changed the trajectory of my life, what what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do. So for me, it was at that point I wanted to do lifestyle design, which was basically never working for anyone again and trying to figure out how to build a business and partner up and network and things that would allow me to live that life. And that was literally the impetus of it. And then cash flow quadrant, it's a little bit more technical, uh, which I super appreciate. I'm a math nerd, as you know. Um, and, uh, you know, just that evolution. And I don't read it every year, but I haven't in probably, it's probably been 10. And to your point, there's every single time I do though, there's like, oh my gosh, like maybe I was too young to recognize that, or, you know, maybe it wasn't relevant at the time, you know, based on whatever was going on. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and cash flow quadrant is literally the formula to get out of the rat race. So for a lot of our new listeners, that is, in my opinion, actually his best book, because it's literally takes you for, because a lot of people say, well, where do I start? What do I do? It, it gives you the recipe there of how you can turn your active income into uh, a passive income, buying asset that pays you and appreciates in, in, in value and gives you great tax benefits. And you can, you can develop it through leverage. So um, that is literally the the game, you know, how you get, how you become financially free in that book. So I appreciate you sharing, sharing those two, uh, those two gems, um, man, took me down memory line there for a second, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's very, very important. Um, the other thing is, um, you're like, you're doing great stuff and, and have pivoted and doing some private lending. And I know you've got like a small group that you do it with. You're not actively going about and, and raising capital, but if folks are interested in reaching out to you and, and just talking to you, um, and also if they just want to get in touch and follow you and, uh, besides v, uh, the VIP financial, uh, checking out the channel, which is great. You and, and Matthew do a phenomenal job there. Where can folks, uh, reach out to you and, uh, where can they get in touch? Yeah, so we actually developed an acronym for this, and it's prefer P R E F E R at VIP Financial Education.com. Include first, last name, and what prefer the acronym is for passive real estate flips easy returns. And so we've kind of, you know, we've kind of um, coined that, and people are really resonating with it. It's a first come, first serve. So if people are just getting in the database now, doesn't mean that they're last in line. It's literally, we put these deals out through the database. They've got a complete breakdown. There's a scope of work. Uh, you've got literally the address to the deal. They're already under contract. You've got a guaranteed rate of return. At that point, um, again, legal sphere handles all of the uh, transactional legal work on it. So everything's buttoned up from a legal standpoint. Again, prefer as passive real estate flips, easy returns at VIPfinancialeducation.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this, this has been great, brother. Appreciate uh, you coming on. Uh, appreciate you coming uh, back onto the show and, and just giving your insights uh, and what you're seeing currently out there and just sharing what you're personally doing. That's, that's why we've always connected and got along so well. Uh, like I say, uh, jokingly, we eat our own cooking, right? So appreciate you sharing what you're doing these days in the, in the trenches and uh, giving uh, our investors, which is our listeners and our, and our viewers, just some great insights and, and some great ideas of where we are at the market cycle and, and what you're up to. And thank you for our listeners and our viewers for spending your most valuable resource, your time once again with me uh, for another episode. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at cashflowninja.com. Until next time, live infinitely. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.